0: Eat Drink DFW from the Dallas Morning News is made possible by Central Market.
1: Hey, North Texas food fans. Welcome to Eat Drink DFW from the Dallas Morning News. Each week we dish on the local restaurant scene, food and drink trends, cooking and shopping tips, and unpack everything that makes North Texas one of the most vibrant, diverse, and ambitious food scenes in the country. I'm your host, food editor Aaron Bookie, and today we're settling into fall, baking pumpkin cookies in our own kitchens, testing some new drinks on shelves, and talking about the best things we ate. It all gets started right after this.
0: Central Market is really into food. Like fish flown in so fresh it still has jet lag into food. Our sourdough starter has been around since grunge was a thing into food. We're talking more prime cuts than a greatest hits album into food. Central Market is really into food. If you are too, then we're the HQ for you. Whether you're a make-every-recipe-in-the-cookbook-foodie or a my-favorite-recipe-is-reheat type who just digs the delectable, no place makes every day more delicious like Central Market. Really into food. Shop now at centralmarket.com.
1: Welcome back everyone. This is a fun episode full of new foods to try. So go to dallasnews.com slash food after this for detailed show notes. And if you want us to answer any questions, share some food thoughts, or your own viral recipe attempts, email us at eatdrink at dallasnews.com. Later on we'll be talking about the best things we ate recently and trying a new wild Mountain Dew flavor. But right now I'm joined by food writers Sarah Blaskovich and Claire Baller and our producer Julie Fisk to talk about what's trending. So, Sarah, you challenged us last week to make these viral pumpkin cookies. Do you want to catch everyone up on that? I do.
2: So, first, did everybody do their homework and did we all make pumpkin cookies? Yes.
3: I did my homework true to fashion, procrastinated, did it last night.
2: <laughs> but did them right, I'm sure, Claire, because you also do things right.
3: Well, I don't know. Mine <laughs> looked different than I was expecting them mm. to. Okay, Erin? I
1: did make them. You didn't like it? I got frustrated. I'm not the best person to bake because I get very impatient. I did not weigh my flour, so they didn't turn out right. They don't okay. look like yours that I'm looking at right here.
3: They required a this lot of a steps. This is a medium to high level of baking skill and interest because both, Yes.
1: right? Yeah. It's a
3: pumpkin cookie, just for everyone to know, that has a cheesecake middle. So this isn't just whipping up chocolate chip cookies.
2: There's multi-steps. So the reason we did these is because BuzzFeed said, this is your viral pumpkin cookie of the year. And I decided if I'm going to get into pumpkin things, it's probably a cookie versus a latte or a pumpkin pie or something like that. I challenged everybody to do it, and the recipe is on InBloomBakery.com. So the BuzzFeed article is all about this in bloom recipe, and we all baked the same recipe. So let's talk about our finished product, and then we can troubleshoot a couple of things because I think a lot of people listening haven't made them yet. And so I want to hear, did you like the cookies? Did you like the texture?
4: They were a little cakey for me. Okay. I think I like a chewier cookie. And if you weren't careful, it was going to kind of fall apart on you. I thought it was good, but it's not really a snacking kind of cookie. Like, if you eat it, it's a full dessert.
3: They're very rich, yeah. That's true.
4: And they're large
2: because if you pat out your cookie, put your cream cheese filling into it, and then you roll it like a ball around that cream cheese, and then they bake out, what you end up having is sometimes a tall and wide cookie because there's, like, a lot going on here. Yeah. Because you're supposed to bake the cookies six cookies at a time,
3: which is which also, is a huge pain, which is really annoying. Ooh,
2: maybe um,
1: that's what I did wrong. Oh yeah, <laughs> supposed to bake them six. Did you get like? like a sh- helps to read the recipe beforehand. <laughs> also, this is
2: one of those recipes, like every blog recipe, to where there's like three thousand words of oh, pictures and stories before oh, you get to the actual yes. gosh darn recipe. <laughs> what is that? I hate that.
3: That's it, how they make money. I know. How, it's yeah. It
2: makes me mad. Okay, so I baked mine three different ways. Because I looked at the way the first one happened, and I had two more batches anyway. So I was like, well, let me shake this up a little bit. So my first batch of six I did, as the recipe says. Mine took 15 minutes at 350, and they're very soft. And a pretty good consistency, they look like the picture. The second batch, I didn't have another cookie sheet that was clean. And because I have two little girls, we have heart-shaped muffin tins. So I put the balls of pumpkin cookie in heart-shaped muffin tins. Are they heart-shaped? No, they are not. (laughs) No, No, they are uh, sort of triangular. And so you guys should try them. And then the third batch, I took the batter and put it back in the fridge because I thought it was getting sort of squishy. Mm -hmm. And so the third batch, I brought out the cold dough balls. Now I had a clean cookie sheet. And then I put them on the cookie sheet at 375. I thought mine
3: needed to be hotter for 16 minutes. And I thought they turned out gorgeous. So mine turned out kind of like your last batch. Mine were pretty tall. Yeah. And they did not spread. If you look at the picture on the website, though, they are flat flat. spread cookies. The ones on the picture look
4: like Julie's.
3: Yes. Julie's, yeah. yours look exactly Julie. like the picture.
4: My husband made Julie's those. Husband. <laughs> Jul- <laughs> Julie's alter ego, Dave, did a killer job. He really did. And it's funny because- uh, And then you the the got cookies. all the credit. I got to say, he loves the podcast. So I think he just kind of wanted to be a part of it. Aww. But I went to pick up my kid at school late. And by the time I got home, he was halfway into it. He had a lot of complaints about it. We won't be making these again, even though they are delicious. <laughs> and viral. And viral. And I do have to say, Sarah, yours are especially fun because they're all different sizes and they look like uh, samples of breast implants. <laughs> <laughs> There are a couple of these that look more like mine than the others.
3: Maybe everybody can relate to
2: that. It's personal, but it's true. Thanks for that, Julie. Now I can't unsee the, I know. the boobs. <laughs> yeah. I will say that I love to bake if you can find the space and time. I think it's fun. I like the precision of it. I did these with my six year old, but I'm sort of bossy in the kitchen. So, like, she had to do it my way. It used way too many pots and pans. Mm-hmm. But as a not serious pumpkin lover looking for like a way to celebrate the season, I would make these again because I think they're a showpiece. Like, we baked these and then took them across the street to our second grade friend with a handwritten note asking her if she wanted to have a play date on Thursday. Oh. And our other neighbor is driving by, and here I am with a little girl in Halloween jammies and he was like you guys are the best new neighbors Mm. ever (laughs) and I was like little do you know we've never ever done this ever and it will not happen again but I'm so glad that you (laughs) caught us in the act
1: (laughs) yeah these are very good gift cookies I would say yeah because they are kind of special I did like half a batch with the cream cheese concoction in the middle and then I did the next batch without them because the cream cheese thing was making me so angry
3: but I think that's because your dough it was probably too wet too wet
1: I did dry it I feel like I dried it a lot I think you have to do it, like, you a, lot, to a lot,
2: lot. It took us, because one of the benefits and the detriments of cooking with a small child is, like, there need to be in-between jobs. Mm-hmm. What you do is you take the canned pumpkin, and you put it on a plate, and you put a paper towel over it, and you lightly pat it. So, Haley, it was her job but to like do five that. five times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And count yeah. how many paper towels oh, we yeah. used, and we used nine. Oh, wow. Oh. wow. Sorry what about the earth.
1: I think I only did five. That like it, not like it
2: called for. You're
4: trying to do the right thing.
1: I know, yeah. I was like, okay, that's enough. And it was very wet. I had never... Thought about
4: how wet pumpkin is. Honestly, pumpkin's disgusting. You know, like (laughs) real pumpkin and the smell of it, it's awful.
2: We had that can (laughs) open for the rest of the afternoon. And then one fun tip, because I didn't know what else to do with it. We always give it to our dog if she has a tummy ache. And it helps? And Oh, yeah. Like if your dog has too many number twos or has thrown up, you give them canned pumpkin and it makes them feel better. Seems
4: like it would do the opposite. I'm sorry we did the same thing with my kitten, because she would have a problem where she would sneeze and it would blow out the (laughs) other end. (laughs) Um, and someone I don't know said, I why that's so funny, but it's really funny. It's really We're funny safe. if it's not your kitten mm-hmm. but or, or your carpet. Someone told me to try pumpkin and then it just, it wouldn't stop coming out after that. Oh, no. So yes, I think you have to be very careful in how much pumpkin in you quantity. give them. Maybe. Yes. Or maybe just M- tiny. Maybe ask a vet. Maybe like, you yes. have to be a
2: dog. <laughs> maybe. the food team. <laughs> So we gave the dog pumpkin on the top of her supper last night, even though she was having no bathroom problems, let me just say to her credit, and it just became like this really nice treat. And my dog is the best. She's like the third child in our house.
4: Well, and that was one of my biggest complaints, not just about this, but so many pumpkin-based recipes. It's like open a can, use like two tablespoons out of it, and you're left with this can. Is pumpkin, can you freeze that? Mm -hmm. Yes, for sure. You can put them in like little ice cube
1: trays and freeze them. Pumpkin is actually really,
4: really good in smoothies.
1: If you want to make like a pumpkin spice smoothie. I'm into that. You can freeze your leftover pumpkin in little ice cube trays and then put them in the blender with milk and banana. Uh, and pumpkin spice flavoring.
4: This whole recipe reminds me of one that my girlfriend showed me years ago, and it was her grandmother's recipe for mole, a traditional recipe. And the first step in the recipe was hire five women to help you. (laughs) (laughs) And That's kind of what this reminded of. It's like you definitely need more than two hands. It's a
3: chore. And I will say... I thought that the cookies were great. When I finished making them, I was happy that I had them warm on my counter. But I have a toddler, and from start to finish with all the steps for this, it was three hours from the time that I started it to the time that I finished. I don't know if I would make them again. I mean, they they really tasted good, but I might just like find a bakery that makes something similar.
4: I'm kind of surprised these went viral. Maybe that's why it's viral. It's more fun to watch someone else make it than to actually do it yourself. (laughs) So you just keep watching the TikTok. So
2: well, it sounds like I'm the only one who really liked these. So I'm really sorry that I (laughs) asked everybody else to um, make them. And I also will say that the next food challenge can be sicked by someone else onto the rest of us. (laughs) I love that you did this. I like challenge.
1: I would not have made these on my own if you had not challenged me.
4: Yeah, I'll just get my husband to do
1: it. Dave, we love you, Dave. (laughs) And so speaking of Instagram, Sarah saw something on Claire's Instagram stories. Something called a breakfast soup. Yeah, Claire,
2: (laughs) you are a fan of Did you make this up? Breakfast soup, I've never heard of this. What was that? I ate soup
3: for breakfast. And last night's soup? No, I was just like Okay, so here's the thing, I'm a savory breakfast person. I will eat leftovers for breakfast, cold pizza, cold pasta. So the other day, I was looking around for a breakfast and had tomato soup and was like, that sounds great. So I had a big bowl of tomato soup with Trader Joe's unexpected cheddar. <laughs> On top, it's so melted it on top, and these also from Trader Joe's, really good croissant. They're rosemary croissant croutons. They're so good. I was That's like, really God, good. Claire made croutons before work. That would, yeah, no, I was not on that level. That's the thing is, like, it was this beautiful bowl of soup that looked like I had gotten it at a restaurant, and it was just it was really, really, in really a beautiful photo. And refrigerator. I'm and, still upset about it though. Um, I was like, why don't I eat soup all the time for breakfast? Mm-mm. People eat cereal. Right? That's it's not, not the same thing.
2: It's but not <laughs> that, just like it's stuff in that, a bowl.
4: Yeah. <laughs> it's not that far from a smoothie, honestly.
3: It's like no, a savory, it's, no, you need savory No, wrong. Savory savory
4: things for breakfast. I remember after a particularly painful election, I got up and I had a huge thing of leftover chicken pot pie, which is essentially chicken stew. And it was heaven. Yeah. And I was like, why don't we do this? Why is I, this not like a breakfast like or even a brunch dish?
3: Yeah, I will eat anything for breakfast.
4: I mean, I love
2: a leftover. Like if we made a great dish the night before, I do want it the next day, certainly for lunch. So I'm with that. I think we should make up our own
1: breakfast soup because when I first heard breakfast soup, I really pictured sausage, egg,
2: and cheese
4: same
2: so i just decided to google breakfast soup because i was like this isn't a thing and it's totally a thing so sorry claire (laughs) um and some of these sound kind of good so like a breakfast miso soup yes with tofu in it shredded carrot scallions swimming in it umami broth that sounds really good if you're sick this healing breakfast soup has jammy eggs in it and claire and i really like jammy jammy eggs Thai breakfast rice soup, bacon and egg breakfast soup. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. There are soups that are putting breakfast in its name. I got to write your first cookbook, only breakfast soup. I really is. love soup breakfast, breakfast soup, period. And then the intro you're going to be like I was inspired by my colleagues cuz they hate what I was eating <laughs> and I realized this is a whole niche.
1: Thanks guys, stick around. Up next we'll be joined by Nick Rallo to talk about the best things we ate. Welcome back everyone. Our food writer Claire Baller launched a cool series about six months ago for us called The Best Things We Ate This Week. It's been super popular with readers and also amongst ourselves.
3: Claire can you tell us a little bit about this series? This came from uh, me just being perpetually curious about what people are eating and what they are loving. I mean that's just kind of I think been you're in the right job. There. I know. <laughs> it's something I've just kind of always um, been interested in my whole life. Like you know I'll call my family and be like what did you eat this week? What was really good? What'd you make? <laughs> or if you tell me that you went on vacation, I to know what you ate and so I figured I mean I'm sure there are other people out there who are equally curious and thought it'd be interesting to get our food writers and our contributing writers to share what the best things are that they ate because we all eat a lot of food. <laughs> um, and then, then I think there's there's a whole aspect of it that is nice as a reader, right? I mean, we have so many options for great right. restaurants here in DFW. There are constantly so many new ones opening up. I mean, it's expensive to do anything right now with inflation, right. but it's, it's expensive to dine out. And this is kind of a way um, for people to get an idea of what to order before they go out because there's nothing worse than going out and sitting down and having a disappointing experience. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you're you're paying a good bit of money for it.
1: And I like that it's not just um, restaurant dishes either. It can be like a recipe. Like Nick, you wrote about a recipe that you made. Or it could be a condiment or a Costco sample. Whatever you want yeah, it to there's be. Yeah, no,
3: there are no rules. It is whatever the very best thing that you ate was recently. I want to know about it. Yeah, Nick wrote about a hamburger <laughs> helper recipe, which was very exciting.
5: That recipe was funny because my wife one time asked me, if it was possible to do a hamburger helper and I kind of like put a foot down, I was like, we can't do this. <laughs> Turns out Priya Krishna, our fellow Dallasite, had a recipe in the New York Times for a real homemade hamburger helper And I did it in an hour and it was so far better than anything I've cooked out of a box. It includes bacon, which adds smoky flavor. Uh. But as you drain off all of this, the fat before you add in more flavors. So it doesn't get overly rich or oily. I loved making it because when I was a kid, my mom, when she would go out of town and make a bunch of food for us to eat, she would make a version of baked macaroni-based dishes like this, you know, with meatballs and sausage. It kind of tasted like that with American cheese, which is mm-hmm. sacrilege to my family.
1: Yeah, but that's what makes it all hamburger helpery. Yes, is probably yes. is the American cheese. It was
5: it was dangerously good. <laughs> Kudos to Priya for figuring that out.
3: Okay,
1: so Claire, what was the best thing you
3: ate this week? So I had this really great lamb at Anise, which is a sister restaurant to meridian at the village it's this braised lamb shoulder that is pressed and kind of crisped and served with really thin crispy okra on top it was one of those things that i was sharing it with people at the table and it was like damn it <laughs> I regret my decision to share, to do a I love shared that. dinner experience. I love that. I love finding things like that that you love and you want to like tell people about it. And so this is just a fun way to share it with everyone.
5: I felt that way after uh, Palace Pizza, that little bit of anger that I had to share it because mm-hmm. I was bringing it home. When he pulled it out, I kind of wanted to like put my arms around <laughs> it, kind of snarl at anybody who was coming by, you know. It's, uh Precious. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly.
2: I do like the, the idea that this story is so conversational, and I think a lot of the items in the story for me come from conversations with other people. Kevin Gray recently wrote about the avocado nigiri at mm, Uchiba, yeah. and we had lunch before he wrote this, and I don't know what we were talking about, but he mentioned, have you ever had those like little pieces of avocado over warm rice? At Uchi or Uchiba, and I was like, oh my God, I love them so much that my husband and I made them and tried to recreate the recipe one New Year's Eve as an appetizer before dinner. And so he was like, Oh my gosh, I'm gonna write about that for best things we ate this week. And I was like, Oh, that's such a good idea, but also <laughs>
4: <call it. laughs>
2: no takebacks, you know. And so he wrote about it in such an elegant, awesome way. And just me reading that, I got to relive what he likes about that dish. And for anybody listening, it's a couple bucks for it's each so bite. Too. It's simple. It's inexpensive at a place that is not inexpensive. Uchi and Uchi Ba are pricey. Also, we're getting an Uchi Co in Plano. I don't know if they'll have this dish or not, but it is so popular. It's in the Uchi family that I think they might. But that was a fun one for me because it was like it was something he and I talked about that we just so jointly loved. And it is perfect for the story.
1: Yeah, it's the kind of thing that you eat and you want to tell someone else about. Yes. You know, so it's exactly Exactly that. Like, oh, you guys have to get this or put this on your list.
2: I have one of those things that I ate on Saturday night at Mott High Ba. They have garlic noodles. Mm -hmm. It is a side dish. Why are those garlic noodles a side dish? I would like a vat of them in my bathtub. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a really good price. You should not go to Mont Hai and just get them because there are so many other wonderful things on the menu, including the shaking beef, which is a personal fave. Mm, yeah. But
3: but don't go to Mont Hai and not get them.
2: That.
1: Thanks, guys. And we want to know what our listeners ate this week also. So share your grocery finds, restaurant dishes, or favorite recipes with us at, at dallasnews.com. Stay with us. Coming up in our next segment, we test a new drink on shelves. Flamin' Hot Mountain Dew. And this one is Sarah Blaskovich's fault. Oh, no. (laughs) That's right after this.
5: (laughs) Hey, listeners. This is Christopher Wynn. I'm the arts and entertainment editor for the Dallas Morning News. And that, thankfully, includes the food team that you're listening to right now. What I love about this beat is that food stories are people stories. Restaurants say a lot about who we are, our culture, and the health and well-being of our communities. If you want to help continue supporting this good work, it's easy. Just subscribe to the Dallas Morning News and become a member. You'll find a special offer just for listeners at dallasnews.com slash listen.
1: Here at the Dallas Morning News food team, we are always down for a taste test, except for maybe that pink sauce that went viral on TikTok. This time, Sarah found something at the grocery store that she wanted us all to try. flaming hot Mountain Dew. Our reaction was surprising. So here's more from our taste test.
2: Well, I have a special surprise today. Is that Oh, a Sarah surprise. Is that what we should call it? (laughs) Every time I go to the grocery store, I'm always looking for something strange, and I often buy a strange thing. I really like the odd Oreo flavors. Mm -hmm. I usually buy the one that sounds the worst, and I make my family eat them. The potato chip aisle, if there's like a Reuben-flavored potato chip, I'm like, I'm sorry, kids, but we're eating this one this week. And so uh, I can't stick this on my children, so I'm asking you to drink it. (laughs) This is Mountain Dew Flamin' Hot Flavor. Cheeto flavor? It so it's the Cheetos logo, but I don't think any Cheetos were harmed in the making of this. Okay. But I'm I'm really not sure. It's a Cheetos adjacent Spicy Mountain Dew, and the the packaging. We can put this in the show notes. The packaging is bonkers. It is. It has fire all over it, and um, big squeezes of limes. Yeah, it looks truly awful. I mean, like it's hellish. It's like yeah. somebody lost a bet,
4: kind of packaging.
2: <laughs> I know. And you guys didn't even lose a bet, and you still have to. try I know. It. So <laughs> it's like our job. Really sorry about that, but I just I saw this at Kroger and thought uh, I need this. So here we are. Let's try it uh, and see what y'all think. We crack it open.
3: Really good sound.
1: Oh, it's so orange.
4: (laughs) It looks like Fanta.
3: It it looks like a windshield wiper fluid.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It looks like the watered-down version of Flaming Hot Cheetos, honestly.
2: Yeah, I was going to say it's liquid Cheeto. I'm, like, pouring half glasses, and I'm like, is that too much,
3: guys? It's too much. I'm worried I'm going to have, like fiery burps <laughs> <laughs> it's the next band name fiery burps Just <laughs> smells like orange
4: oh
1: it is orange
4: it smells like fanta mm-hmm. cheers. cheers cheers guys
3: is anyone um, on fire
4: mm-mm. it's not it's even not spicy. spicy what no.
2: I, I, have, tastes like, I haven't it tastes had it
3: it tastes like orange soda this is a scam oh that <laughs> is a gimmick <laughs> Okay, there's like there's like candy. the tiniest hint of something that is citrusy but not orange, that's making it seem like maybe you're gonna get a hit of spice, but then it it doesn't manifest, it doesn't come to pass. Are you sure that's not just subliminal? I'm not sure.
1: Or well, could it, it says do with a blast of heat and citrus. There's no heat. Could, could the citrus acid. taste
2: be citric acid, yellow five, or glycerol ester of rosin? What's uh-huh. that?
3: I think they're I think they're relying on they're expecting like maybe the citric acid that, that acidic hit to kind mm-hmm. of read as spicy. I think
4: you're right. I'm mad. Oh, this is such a bummer. Are we sure did it not come with like little flavor packages <laughs> to sprinkle in? <laughs>
3: yes.
2: Was I supposed to line the rim with like jalapenos?
4: What is that stuff called? The orange that you put on Tahini. Yeah, like tahine. If you put tahine in this, that might actually be good. Yeah. I would like that actually.
2: But this is uh, it's not even Mountain Dew. It's orange soda. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's Fanta. With
1: a lot of caffeine, probably.
2: And uh, 170
3: calories per can. Mm.
1: I don't hate okay, it.
3: Take a sip and let it sit on your tongue. Okay. Just like let it sit there.
1: Yeah, you feel like a little tingle. You can tingling, feel a little
3: tingle. But that could be. But it's be not spicy. True. That I think that's just like carbonation. The,
2: I think you're right. Although, like, I'm, I'm thinking of the alternative, which is if this was insanely spicy, they would have like sign a waiver problems. Like but how could, could you sell even this? It, it could be a little spicy. It could be a little anything. Not.
4: Wait, wait. Okay, I am get, <laughs> I'm getting something. Really? You have <laughs> to drink the hours whole can later. <laughs> yeah.
3: Maybe just
4: the finish, like, like the way way see, finish. It's
3: like, There's like a little something. It reads to me also
2: like it's flat, and these are mm-hmm. brand new mm-hmm. open mm-hmm. cans. Yeah, yeah. I and agree. they're bubbly.
3: It's bubbly yeah. in the glass. When yeah, you there's
2: carbonation it. in here, but it tastes. But it's not as flat. Yeah.
4: Yeah, it feels like a lie. Mm-hmm.
2: There's no Cheetle in there either.
4: <laughs> Cheetle is what they
2: say is that, that Cheetos dust when you get it on Cheetle, your hands. right?
4: <laughs> what? That's horrible.
2: They, they, yeah. Yeah, that's the name.
4: Cheetle? Okay.
2: Well, you know, you know, when you join a cult, they give you all the code words and the acronyms so that you're your like- Safe words. Yeah, so that you really believe in it and sort of Cheetle is Cheetos Are is, you telling
3: us that you are in a Cheeto <laughs> cult? <laughs> is this my cry for
2: help? <laughs> I am in a Cheetos cult. Uh, but this, my friend, doesn't get to join no. the party. No. Mm-hmm. No.
4: With with tahine, yes, but not as is.
2: Well, and Julie, here's the question that you're always great for. Should there be booze in this? Absolutely.
4: I mean, you could do vodka or rum or tequila. Tequila would probably be kind of good with this. If you're
2: going to do tequila and tahine, you could make it work.
4: Yes. And some lime. That actually would be fun.
2: I don't think it's better than almost every other alcohol drink, though.
3: No, no. no. Do not seek this out for your mixed drinks, probably. There will be better options out there.
2: If anybody out there is interested in this, uh, we just opened two, and I have 10 more in the oh. 12-pack, because it was a 12-pack. We'll leave it so in front of the
1: Dallas Morning News building for you to pick <laughs> up at your leisure. <laughs> someone <laughs> will Yeah, we'll drink set it. it
2: out for the copy editors, because <laughs> they work late nights and need caffeine.
1: And I'm actually starting to get, like, that little burn, and that weird burn, like, See? down my throat. Yes, and I'm like, right. but also this feels like a chemical burn. Like, this isn't, like,
4: <laughs> I just want to
1: say. This is a a food product. <laughs>
3: I had my first burp. It was not fiery. Oh, So there's no, no spice coming back Ew. up. Oh <laughs>
4: Well, good. <laughs> FYI. At least we know. <laughs> I, can I take one to my daughter? My 15-year-old will be Please. all about this. Yeah, she'll if love she this. If she
2: loves it, you know where I live. <laughs> the teenagers.
1: <laughs> I do want the, t- you know, to have a teenager's. Thoughts on Did they these types create of this things. for TikTok?
2: Do you think? Mm. I don't know. Probably. Probably. The, the potential virality of this drink is very high. It's a Gen Z drink. It's, it's not. It's I think not Gen, Gen Z's pretty be really, savvy,
4: though. Yeah. They'd probably be like, yeah. You know, okay, if you needed a really bright orange cocktail, like some sort of signature cocktail that you were. Oh, burnt. wait. I got it.
2: A Halloween cocktail. Yes. Oh, it yes. is very yes. Halloween Yeah, you gotta put like at least or more alcohol than Mountain Dew Flaming Hot because this thing's not good. Right. So,
3: and if, if you it, want it to be hot, you gotta do a lot to it. Yeah. Kay. To make and it then, spicy. And put put tahini. Line
4: the rim with tahini or Cheetle. <laughs> or Cheetle. <laughs> yes. You'd have to put eat some, a whole, whole lot of Cheetos put to make that happen. Some
1: sriracha in it, and then line
3: the glass with Cheetle. <laughs> or and just then don't serve it to someone the you don't is like there. very much. <laughs>
1: And that's all the time we have for Eat Drink DFW this week. Thank you all for joining, and I hope we've made you hungry for more. We also want to hear from you, so share your food thoughts with us by emailing eatdrink at dallasnews.com. The show is produced by Julie Fisk. To stay up to date on every episode of this show and hear more from our newsroom, just follow the Dallas Morning News wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, please rate the show and give us a good review. Find links to everything we do at dallasnews.com slash listen. you also find a special membership offer there just for listeners. For the news, I'm Aaron Bookie. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.
0: Eat, Drink, DFW from the Dallas Morning News is made possible by Central Market.